I'm Aria Schwartz, along with Matt Cohen, who's filling in for Rachel Galligan. Welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The draft has come and gone, so let's discuss the reactions of the winners, losers, and obviously, we gotta give grades. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for all your needs for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com again that's windsider.com if you're looking for a fun new way to enjoy the w join windsider on playback for a creative fun new way to watch WNBA games use the link playback.tv forward slash Winsider. That's playback.tv forward slash Winsider. Welcome back to the Winsider show. This episode, Rachel's on hiatus. So I've brought in the Winsider mock draft expert, Matt Cohen, to discuss the draft. Um, It was an interesting one. It was a fun one. If you joined us on playback, it was uh, one of our best during the offseason, obviously, because it was more WNBA related than the NCAA tournament was. Um, We had some great discussions some great initial thoughts. Uh, we're a few days removed, so we can kind of take a breath of fresh air, uh, let the fumes of the the draft kind of settle, and possibly, hopefully, uh, take more of a uh, overbearing, or not overbearing, overview approach uh, on what exactly happened uh, in this draft. But before we do that, let's run down Arye's notes of what each team's needs were going into the draft Um, And then we'll dive into kind of uh, what happened in our reactions, grades, things like that. Matt, if there's anything you want to uh, chime in when I'm talking about any team, obviously, jump in, interrupt me as we do. Uh, (laughs) For me, the Atlanta Dream, you just take best available. Um, You're obviously not so worried um, in this draft where they were placed about uh, stocking up in positions that they have too much depth. In fact, I wouldn't say Atlanta has too much depth in really any position. Um, So just best available Chicago sky to me, it was point guard depth. Um, you could also argue maybe some, some bigs depth. Um, but to me, it was mostly, you know, Courtney Vandersloot's gone. How are you going to fill that need? Uh, for me, similarly for the, for the Connecticut sun, it was point guard depth. Um, we're going to be looking for this team to find, I mean, we already know they have all-star heck MVP caliber front court presence, the backcourt is the question with younger players um, and players who aren't necessarily uh, the most uh, vet savvy, if you were. Dallas Wings, a shooting, really just shooting. Point guard, sure, but shooting. Um, and if they're going to go for a point guard, someone who doesn't need the ball in their hands. For the Fever, depth. We already know they're going to Leah Boston, but what else can they get? Um, and what can they do in terms of depth? The Aces, nothing. The Sparks, shooting. Uh, due to injuries and pregnancies, uh, they've lost some of their key shooters coming into this uh, this season, as it were. Um, Minnesota, a point guard or a five. New York Liberty, nothing. Uh, the Mercury, point guard. And that's honestly just because Skylar Diggins-Smith, question mark. Um, other than that, it's depth. And as always with this team, shooting. You got BG back. You're not worried about in the paint scoring. You need shooting. Um, Seattle Storm, point guards and depth. 
And then the Washington Mystics just shooting. Any form of shooting, I would prefer it in the guard spots, but shooting. Uh, did I miss anything? No, I actually, as I'm listening to you go through it, it seems like a lot of these teams were looking for a lot of the same kinds of things. So it was really interesting to hear. Yeah, and, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, um, talk about a tangent, but I think about a lot of that has to do with um, just kind of the situation of the league. And because we saw so many teams, like Minnesota isn't really starting from scratch, but they kind of are. Um, and Chicago starting from scratch, LA, Seattle. We're seeing a lot of these teams starting from scratch versus like the mystics a team that literally just needs like one thing everything else is set they just need one player who's going to come off the bench who's going to be aerial powers from their championship year come off the bench hit some important shots supply some needed points and give their starters some rest um christy tolliver is not who she used to be all right let's go down this list let's talk about what our mindset is and i'm going to be honest everyone likes to call me a hater yay um, I, I, I give some pretty good grades out. All right. Like I'm a pretty nice grader, Matt, you're actually a teacher. Um, so I fully anticipate that you're going to bring out the red pen, um, correct me and give some harder, more tough grades, um, if possible. So you got it. Minnesota first. <laughs> um, look, you add Miller, you add Hirsch, you add Dorka and Beal, right? So like it's, it's going to be a really fun training camp. Minnesota's very, very interesting because of the roster size and the space. And that's the other aspect too, where I'm always torn when I, when we do these things, because are we talking about it in the sense of if they could sign everyone here or because also realistically, like, I don't know. It's just, it's tough because I could see it in a billion different ways. You know, we're judging them based on who they did draft, not who could make the team. But if I'm looking in a long, more of a long-term view of this, I could argue, well, you signed this player or you drafted this player. They're not going to make your roster. And then they're going to be available for another team to pick up who maybe, maybe, you know, did a better draft pick of an overseas player. Lots to discuss on that. Um, what's your initial thought about the Minnesota additions? So I know it's something that we've talked a lot about in the offseason, about Minnesota's specific needs, looking at um, a point guard, looking at um, the front court, uh, specifically because, you know, Sylvia Fowles retired. And so who are you going to replace her with? How are you going to fill those needs? And I know that you and I and also Rachel have talked a lot about this draft may not and probably doesn't have those players. So what is Cheryl going to do? What are, what are the links going to do? How are they going to figure out who to bring in? And I think Minnesota actually did a pretty good job. I know at, at the two, Diamond Miller, that was the consensus choice. You get a quality player, a really good athletic player there. Um, I think Hirsch is going to become more of a draft and stash for later. Um, I love the Dorka pick. I love the Taylor Soul pick later on. I love the Beal pick. I think Minnesota does a pretty good job here of getting players that can come in and play. Um, we've talked a little bit about minutes and where are they going to fit in? Who's out? Who's going to, who's now going to step in. Um, but I think of most of the teams in the league, Minnesota is one that has a draft class that has the best shot of having their players actually make the team, what that's going to look like and how many time will tell. Well, so that's the interesting aspect, not to get too mathematical, too in depth into the salary cap, obviously shot to her hoop stats always, as always providing a much needed resource. Um, you look down this list and let me just list off the guaranteed spots on this roster that I would just be mouth dropped, shocked if they cut 
Nafisa Collier, uh, Kayla McBride, Ariel Powers, Natalie Achanwa, Tiffany Mitchell, Jessica Shepard, Bridget Carlton, and Nicolina Milic. What you got there? I got eight. Exactly. So that's eight. That leaves four available spots. Now, if you do the math on this, that leaves you four available spots. You got two, two, three left in cap room. So that's just under the amount that you need to have those four people, right? Mm-hmm. And so looking at it, there is the the positive of Dorka being later, Beal being later in the draft. That means that their rookie scale contract is going to be slightly smaller. But the reason I bring that up, because like we said, they have four available spots. Let me talk to you about a few players who we didn't already mention who are on training camp contracts. That means it's a minimum that does not hit the books until camp is done. All right. Lindsay Allen, Rachel Bannum, Demiris Dantas. That's three players. Okay. So either we're in a situation where they only sign one of those rookies or realistically, some of those people aren't making the team. Now, if you want to say Rachel Bannum, I say, well, Reeve clearly really, really likes her. Also, the same reason Lindsay Allen, I question their ability to be cut. Those are your two ball handlers. And I know everyone who's a Lynx fan has heard the Lynx go back and forth about Bannum being ball handler versus off ball. And every year it switches and every year they say she's better at whatever they're about to play her as, um, which I think it's all BS, whatever. But either way, those are only two players really on roster who can be your primary ball handlers and be actual point guards. So you have to assume at least one of them makes it, which leaves you at nine players, right? And now you have Beal, you have Dorka, and you have your first round, your first, your number two pick in Diamond Miller. So mm-hmm. the question in my mind is, can Dorka beat out a Demiris Dantas? And can a Beal somehow provide enough of an offensive spark? We know Bantam is a turnstile defensively. So if Beal can really show out in training camp, it's going to be really, really, in my opinion, interesting to kind of see what happens here. For all the reasons listed above, if I'm viewing this from a purely draft who they drafted, where they drafted, you got to give them, in my mind, an A-. minus, um, Somewhere in that realm, at least. Would you agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in training camp. Dorka can be a bit slow. Um, the game can be a, is going to be definitely be quicker for her. Is she going to be able to keep up? Is she going to be able to make the team? Is she going to be able to make the mid-range shots, not just from the outside or at the rim? Um, I, I think there's a lot of questions right now with this draft class. I think it's a good draft class, as I said, but I, th- I think you're right. A minus right now until we see does Cheryl want to win now with some of these vets who have been here, or is she looking to the future and is looking to swap some of them in for some fresh blood? I should also note that depending on what happens with um, Natalie Achanwa, they might be able to, you know, place a Demiris Dantas as her replacement player or something similar. So keep in mind, there are some ways to finagle it. And as we know, uh, i.e. last year, Reeve will find ways uh, to finagle it to keep the players she wants uh, on a variety of different contracts. For me, Dallas, B-. minus. I like the additions they made, and I'll let you kind of run down the players they added. Um, but for me, the reason I can't give them an A, I again, I like the additions, but they also were involved in a trade. And I like what they got from the trade, but I also have some issues in giving up that much capital in 2024 and 2025. And part of it also is like for years, you've been stashing capital for draft picks. And now you have one of the best draft, cl- two bet draft classes, back to backs coming up 
and you turn away some of that capital. So for me, yes, I like what you brought in. I also don't like what you gave up to bring that in. There's two schools of thought here. I think on, on one hand, as you said, their needs were shooting. Well, they got that. They got maybe the best shooter in this draft and, and Maddie Seagrass. I mean, Taylor Mikesell might have something else to say about that. <laughs> um, you've got um, Abby Myers that you drafted. You have Ashley Jones. So you have some solid, solid scoring right there. So if you just look at this draft class, this is another pretty solid draft class co- coming through. But you're also that second camp here, which is what you mentioned and a lot of people have been talking about is the trade. Stephanie Soares, Rachel, shout out to Rachel. She's been on her since way early in the season. She called it. She brought me on the bandwagon. She's been defending it all season long. So shout out to her. Um, she's obviously going to be out for the probably for the year with rehabbing the knee injury. And so I don't know. I, I think this hurts Dallas. I, I think if you look at them potentially who Washington is going to be able to get in the next two drafts, we're not going to know this for a couple of years, obviously, but was that worth going to get a talent like, like Stephanie Soares? I don't know. She's only played a little bit at the D one level. She also can't also look a little bit slow and like the game was a little bit quick for her at times. So Dallas, do they get the shooting? Do they fill those needs? Yes. Was that trade worth it, though? To me, right now, if I had to do instant reaction, I would say I don't like it at all. Washington, of course, does its work, and Mike Tebow does it again. Um, Lulu Lopez-Seneschal, great choice. Abby Myers is a reach, I think, a little bit in that first round. I like Paige Robinson late. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not loving what Dallas has done. I, I would also add that like I like Suarez on this team because I think her style – fits better with what Dallas is trying to do versus a Tierra McCowan, right? And so I like it in that sense. But again, that's a lot of capital. Granted, that's a possible upside, right? Of if that next year when she comes back healthy, she plugs into a starting role position. But also in my mind, like you have to place her in next year's draft because you're not seeing anything. She's not getting any experience to grow her like she can grow her game and learn from the players and blah 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 but she's not getting game experience so she's still going to be a rookie next year uh similar to Sable in New York um so for me that's kind of uh the give take I again like it but whatever so Seattle let's talk Seattle I guess Horston's all is the whole thing I mean like for me I've been going back and forth on this and it's been a hot topic in Winsider Slack um and and I'll kind of lay out the different schools of thought she has a size component um, at a wing position that they don't necessarily have already on this roster. That said, they do have wings on this roster. Now, is Kia Nurse your end-all, be-all solution? No. Um, is Horson going to have to fight in camp to make the spot? Yes. Is is it going to be a guaranteed spot? No. But is it a spot that you can get? Yes. I, I think she makes the roster, no question. My concern is, more of a question of what style of play. And I want to give props to to Miles Ehrlich on this because I was going back and forth on Chris on whether or not I agree with this. And he had a good point, which I think is totally fair. We don't know what style Seattle is going to be playing this year because we haven't seen this team with just Jewel Lloyd and no Brianna Stewart since that one year that Stewie was injured. Um, And so we look at it and we kind of go, what are we getting here? Um, and what style of play. And I think that's going to have more of an impact on how many minutes she gets. Um, 
my thing and the reason why I give them a B plus or, or sorry, B minus or a C plus is because to me, the clear need was a point guard. They've been trying to find a point guard who can take on the the torch from Sue Bird. Obviously, that's not an easy thing to do. I think Cook could have been that or at least like in my mind, this is a draft that you gamble on. Horson's three point shooting and driving ability, like driving ability is is the the eye opener, right? And I would rather have more of those drives have uh, Jewel Lloyd or Ezzy's hands on the ball. That's just my personal take. And that's why I have some concerns about this move. Uh, would have gone with Cook because I think that was a good solution for the point guard position. Um, but I also feel like Gabby Williams does come back at some point because I know she has a strong connection to Seattle. And Seattle's been uh, vocal about letting her play her international uh, competition and, and all that stuff. So what, what's your thoughts on Seattle? So first, shout out to Dulce Fank and Mengiadu getting drafted later in the draft. Quality player in college. I think it's a good get for Seattle a little bit later. Um, with that out of the way, of course, want to make sure I acknowledge that. I think the most polarizing player drafted in this draft from everything I've seen, everything I'm thinking about it is Jordan Horston. I think I'm, I'm a lot in your camp on this. I think... I mean, Seattle didn't even interview her before the draft. So it's clear that they didn't think she was going to drop. She drops, they take her. I don't blame them for taking her. A player like that who drops that far when everyone had her two through five, somewhere in that range, I get it. Seattle, got to make that move if this is the kind of player you think. I'm also curious to see what um, what Noel's going to do up there in Seattle and how they're going to change without Stewie, um, without Sue Bird. What kind of different structures are they going to have? So I get it. You take a player like Horston, you can fit her into your system if she wins the, the starting job outright or, or earns minutes. What is she going to be able to do? I'm sure Noel's going to find a way to make it work for her, but I'm with you. I think Zaya Cook was probably the better call here. I think maybe even a Lou Lopez Seneschal could have been a better player to help facilitate a little bit more. Um, I, I think Horson, I get why you take her and I'm sure there was some discussion maybe around whether they should or not, or maybe they just did it, but, um, when she fell, but I think point guard, not getting a point guard, not getting someone there to help facilitate leaving that all to Jewelloid is probably not going to work so well, at least for year one. Yeah. And also in my mind, at least like part of it, I would have had Jewel in the, in the war room and I would have said, who do you want? Because I'm bending over backwards to make Jewel happy, but that's another episode. Atlanta, you get Haley Jones at six, uh, and you get LA from SC. I love saying that. I actually personally like you, like I've been very vocal about my questions about Haley Jones, but I will say this is the type of fit. And I think I said this on an episode um, going in before the draft where for me, a best case scenario for Haley Jones was not to be a lottery pick. It was to move out of lottery. Then you're the underdog. Then the expectations are lower, which is a benefit, I think, to most players. But more importantly, she's in a position that she can actually grow her game. They can develop her. They don't care if she can shoot the three right now. They don't care if it takes her a few years to build that out. And I know there was not shade, but some, not blame, but some comments made that implied uh, that the style of playing Stanford hurt her shooting more than her actual shooting did. Possibly, maybe. Um, I say, don't say that, prove it, but Hey, you can't prove it right now. Cause the games haven't started. Um, all of that said on the positives of adding Haley Jones, um, and LA, like they struggled from three last year and they need to pick that up. So this team, I give them a B plus on it because I think they added good talent 
They took some gambles. I'm all about in this draft taking some gambles because we know this is in 2014. This, or, yeah, 24, 2024, 2025. So take some gambles. I'm all for it. First, shout out to your goat, Simone Augustus, who yep. talked to SI and said that Atlanta is probably going to go deep in the playoffs now with this draft class. So we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my, I think my feelings have been clear on Jones. Um, I've sort of soured on her a little bit as the season went on. Um, I still think that she's a, a great player, a great leader. Um, I'm fine with her dropping to Atlanta at this point. I think she can help facilitate a little bit. We'll, we'll see as the game's going to be a little bit quicker for her. Um, we'll see if, if she can keep up. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, Tanisha Wright does with her. Um, I love the Ami here pick. I think she's a great fit. I think she's got great versatility. I think there's just so many skills that she's going to bring, and she's exactly the kind of player that Coach Wright loves. Um, and then Leah Brown was a solid get. I think she scores at all three levels. She's tough. She's gritty. Another kind of player that, that if she can make this team, um, that Tanisha Wright's going to love to be able to work with. She'll have some of that secondary scoring off the bench. And, um, I mean, you said a depth is what they needed. I think um, they were able to fill some of those pieces. Um, I think we'll see how well Haley Jones is able to do um, when the season gets going. Uh, it's going to be exciting either way. And Atlanta's always fun watch. Um, Washington, D.C., I gave them a C plus. And, and here's the reason. Hmm. I love the trade. They got great capital. But, I like, again, part of me is, like, if I'm judging you based on, like, future – or am I judging you based on who you actually did pick, right? So for me, I go into this draft, and if I'm DC, I want a shooter. I want somebody who is that next-level three-point shooting threat who's not good. Like, they're great at those hidden gems, those you know diamonds in the rough. So who am I to question the great? scout the great gm uh mike tebow that said when you look at their pick do you look at them and do you go yes that's the player that i just described someone who can step in and be an offensive producer because when i look at the stats i didn't see it it's fair um I'm a little bit higher on them than you are. I think obviously we can't grade the trade in terms of the players and the quality that they're going to be able to get until we see next year and the year after. We know that they're probably going to be pretty stacked. So hopefully Washington will get good players there. But you're right. The trade in and of itself was solid. TBD on what it means moving forward. They got two players. They got a second Elena. So how that's going to fit on this team will be interesting. Um, the new one, the rookie, she is exactly what I think this team's going to need off the bench. A nice spark plug, can score a little bit. Um, her defense at times is not always great, but I think this team could come around her and either A, help her get better defensively, or B, overcome it. Um, and then the other one's a draft and stash for down the road, and I think Mike T-Book really interested in her development and seeing where she goes. Um, but you're right. This team needs scoring. They didn't get scoring. Um, and I'm wondering if it's because Maddie went before they thought that she would, or they were just, this was the choice B, or maybe this was always the, the course overall, but they definitely didn't get scoring. Um, I'm a little bit higher on them because of the trade, because of the players, I think that are a good fit, but, um, they are going to need some scoring and where they're going to get it. We'll find out. Indiana fever getting grace burgers, a steal in my opinion. 
Cool move. I said that just to make you happy. Um, <laughs> it, it To me, it's hard to grade the team that has the first pick when there's such a clear number one. Because, like, I don't know. It just feels weird, like, to give you an A-plus because you picked the obvious. It feels like you didn't have to do as much work. So I kind of don't view that first pick necessarily as much as the decider. The interesting thing for me is, like, let me just run down the players on this roster and just say who I feel like is even in question to make this roster, right? Kelsey Mitchell, Erica Wheeler, Tori Vivians, Emma Cannon, Emily Angsler, Melissa Smith, Lexi Hall, Queen Egbo, Destiny Henderson. Feel like locks, right? Now, well, not necessarily Lexi Hall. Uh, Maya Caldwell, Christy Wallace. So Maya Caldwell, Lexi Hall, and Christy Wallace are the three that I feel like if you're going to kick someone out, that's who it's going to be, right? Um, and you're looking essentially at their later picks and going, okay, is a Mixell going to make it? Can a Grace Berger be that you know person to kick out Lexi Hall or take Destiny Henderson's spot or take Christy Wallace's spot or Maya Caldwell? Like, those are the players that have to fight to keep their spot so i'm curious for you like first of all what are your thoughts on the fever and second of all knowing that like and also being someone who has said lexi hall is going to have a breakout season what's your thoughts on uh can grace Berger take her spot so i agree with you first and foremost that it is tough to give the, the, the one one an a plus because you did what you were supposed to do Aaliyah Boston, we know she's probably going to be a great player. She's going to have a big role in Indiana. Um, so, we, But we can't just give them an A-plus simply because they did what they were supposed to do. If you look down the, down the rest of their draft class, you talked about depth. That was a big thing for them. Mm-hmm. I, I love what they brought in, though. I'm not even so sure that, that Queen Egbo has a solidified spot. I think Saxon will come in and challenge for that spot. That's how far down this draft class and the solid con- contributions this team can make. They got value at every spot. Maybe Berger went a little bit earlier than she should have. I think maybe Mikesell may have dropped a little. Williams was was a great get in the second round. So I think when you're looking at these players, you have players who can come in and compete. Indiana's going to be fun. It's going to be a great training camp. I wish I was in Indianapolis to be there and be a part of it and see it go down. I'm really big on the Lexi Hall thing. I th- I talked about it. I've written articles about it. I think Christy said it's going to be great for her. Can Berger do it? Yes. Um, does, is there a chance they may carry both of them and not Mike Soul, or there's some competition between all three of them? Yeah. Does Lexi Hall have the in right now? I don't even think so. I think Chrissy Side's going to come in and figure that stuff out for herself. But I think there's a lot of really good players coming into this team, and what shakes out is going to be really fun and exciting to watch. Yeah, I think this is one of the teams that you're going to see. Maybe I mean, look, you're also talking about uh, Burnett Hatar, like. You're also talking about Renaya Davis. There's questions about, like, in most teams, it's a really depressing draft. Like, it's exciting on draft night, but if you look, like, one day later, it gets really depressing, just in the sense of, like, well, none of these people can make a roster. Indiana is, like, if if there is going to be a season that the WNBA starts doing a WNBA hard knocks, training camp, like, live movie, reality TV, whatever, mm-hmm. it's Indiana – and it's this season because there's so more, I mean, more so you have a new coach. This isn't Minnesota where you're like, oh, they're going to go old. They're going to go new. But you have Reeve who has continuously shown she likes to go old. 
even though again this year she's saying doors are open. This is a new coach. You don't know what Chrissy Sides wants. This team, the doors are open. Shameless plug. Check out the the podcast when Rachel and I had Chrissy Sides uh, on the show. Great talking, uh, great information, and might give you a little bit of insight. Might give you a little bit of insight into what she's planning on doing in training camp uh, and to uh, fill out this roster. <clears throat> the last five teams are, are pretty easy. The Sun is the last true grade team. I give them a B. They went out, they got a player that I felt they needed some, uh, that that was a position of need. I like the move. You know, you also get uh, Prechel, or, uh, Prechtel, who, you know me, very biasly pro-redhead. Uh, obviously, I'm all for Prechtel making this team. I don't know necessarily. The odds are not good, realistically. Um, really, really not good for anybody who's not playing guard position. So Prechtel, get your handles right. But I hope Prechtel has a future in this league. Um, mostly because we need more redheads in this league. And she can, like, honestly, I remember a few years back, and you know me, I love to just find a random redhead on a random team and just ride or die for them. Prechtel was that player a few years back, and uh, we never forget. We don't forget. Thoughts on Connecticut? Um, well, one, yes. I hope for your sake, my friend, that Prechtel can find her way into the league. I don't think it's going to be in Connecticut. Um, her shooting, the one thing that she was supposed to be able to do at Stanford is stretch the floor. Her three-point shooting went down the last few years. I think the game is just at a different level for her. I really hope she can make this team, but I think you're right. I think she'll be, it'll be somewhere else. Um, Morris, we saw what she did in the tournament. I think it's a great get for Connecticut. I think it's a little bit of a steal. Um, how she develops in training camp will be key for them and the success that Connecticut has. They're sort of a little bit of that dark horse-ish contender to compete a little bit against Vegas and New York. So it'll be interesting to see how Morris develops and what kind of time that she's able to get um, up there with another brand new coach as well. So it'll be, uh, it should be a fun training camp in Connecticut. So for Vegas, Phoenix, Chicago, and New York, I just have pass fail. I don't think you don't get a grade at that point. Vegas, I give them a pass. I, uh, you got Mrs. and Mrs. Irrelevant. What do they call it in the NFL? Mr. Irrelevant. You got the last pick in the in the draft. Likelihood of making a team not great. Uh, forget it. Like I'm not even talking about if you're a 36 person draft. I'm talking about anywhere in this draft besides Leah Boston. Um, so interesting move. Thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, that's a a side of the ball that I like them adding depth to. If she can make a roster, doubtful. But hey, shout out to Alabama. Not a lot of players making the draft from Alabama. So, yeah, it was great to see someone from Alabama make make um, or be selected in the draft. Love to see that. Love to see more teams getting repped. Um, yeah, I mean, this is Vegas. We know the roster. We know the depth that they have. We know who's likely actually to be playing come meaningful minutes and meaningful games as the season wears on. We know what, what Becky Hammond. Um, did last season we know they are the champs they are defending champs they are still a great contender for that position this year a player like davis especially being drafted last probably isn't going to make this team um nor even if she did we, we get a lot of minutes so yeah it's really negligible um talking about another team that's pass fail from my perspective phoenix mercury am i kind of a jerk 
I don't know. I'm giving fail because to me, they're adding depth in the wrong spot. Maybe I'm putting too much weight in the whole Skylar Diggins-Smith thing. I know that they don't have the greatest amount of depth, but you do have Onyenwere, you got Gustafson, you got Turner, you got BG, um, and you did add Guiley Shook. So like for me, it's more of a question because you have such a starting solid starting lineup and you have somewhat of a flex with Gustafson and Onyenwere. Like to me, it's just as simple as like you added a player players that wasn't on the side of the ball that I would have liked to see it on. So if I got to pick, I'm going to say fail. Maybe it's harsh. Maybe it's not. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the only one I'm really focusing on here is Destiny Harden. I know she had a big tournament also and, you know, can can score tough, um, gritty, a lot of that same Leah Brown mold um, in that way. <sighs> um, so she might add some shooting to this. I like that they got some of that, but I... Again, I don't see her being the starting facilitator for this team, especially with um, with Skylar out. Um, maybe this is just who was available to them. Maybe they had her eye on her from from the get, but I feel like it's more of an incomplete of like, okay, great, but what is this really? Where does this really? Yeah, mean I guess incomplete here? would have been better. Yeah, but I'm just a jerk who likes to fail people. Um, yeah, <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, had to get in once. Chicago Sky pass fail. Pass. They added depth and possibly the newest Alicia Clark. If you get that, you get that. Any I thoughts? love that. I love that. I think I think Trailer's a great get for them. I think um, she's she's going to fit in really well. She was just doing some media stuff earlier today and was talking about how excited she is. A little fangirling a little bit. Uh, getting to play with Ka and really wanting to pick Dana Evans's brain about stuff. So she's in. She was going to learn. She's a really high Q basketball player. Um, I think it's a great depth get for Chicago, for sure. New York, pass, fail. Pass, because it doesn't matter. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. What What are we doing here? All right, real quick. Um, which team do you think had the best draft? <sighs> That's so tough. Um I'm going to have to go ahead and still say Indiana, not because of Boston, even putting Boston aside and just looking at from Berger down the rest of this draft. I think we just talked about it earlier. They're exciting. Every one of these players has a shot of making this team. I think if you're looking at team context, you can look at a Minnesota, you can look at a Dallas or at an Atlanta. I, I just think that Indiana, given that, yes, there are a lot of spots that might be quote unquote set, but there still are plenty that are up in the air. And any one of these rookies or any combination can make this team up for me, Indiana. And I'm pumped to see what they do this year. I was going to say Indiana, but I refuse to agree with you. So I'm going to go with Minnesota as much Shocker. as I don't want to. No, honestly, it was between Minnesota and Dallas in my mind. Um, more so, I like, again, I like what Dallas added. I don't like what they lost. And for Minnesota, I like the talent they got where they got it. Um, you know, getting... Beal that late is a steal. Getting Dorka that late is a steal. Getting a project of a player who's overseas who everybody I talk to is big hyped on her. Um, and then Miller, like I've been saying this, I've been very vocal. They should have traded out. They should have traded out. That takes a team that's willing to do it. They were in a position where they weren't able to get a trade. I um I don't know if anybody else saw on local papers, they were talking in Minnesota, like people writing about it how they turned down the Dallas trade. I don't know if you saw that. Um, 
Washington or at least either Washington or Dallas, it seemed, um, well, it would have been Dallas, right? Because yeah. Dallas, re, uh, I guess, whatever, all it said was Minnesota turned down. It was the exact same trade that Dallas had with, uh, with Washington. GC. Yeah. Um, but now I kind of think like, oh, should you have done that? What's your thought on that process? That was an option, but I don't know. Um, well, if, if you're offered, if you're offered a second round next year and a first round in 25 for the number two pick, you take it. Oh, it's so tough. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that you do. I mean, I think Diamond Miller is going to be a good player. I think she's going to really thrive playing for Cheryl. Um, if Cheryl's w- willing to, to invest and, um, you know, develop her. Um, but I have to look at what 2024 and 2025 are going to offer. And I have to think that if there wasn't something that I really thought was going to be able to make this team better now, um, then I have to just take a step back, drop a couple spots and, or whatever the case is and, and go and, and take spots for next, for next two drafts. Cause those are where I'm going to be able to really fill out my team. So if I was Cheryl, I would have probably done it. I know that may not be the most popular opinion, but I don't know. No, but you're also, you're also betting that to some degree, they're not going to be a top contender in those two years, right? Because you want that draft pick to be valuable. It's not valuable if they do good. Um, but hey, there's so much more we can debate, discuss when it comes to this draft. It'll be exciting. I'm excited to uh, kind of touch base again once we get into camp and we start to see uh, the guillotine starts dropping and we'll see uh, where where these teams truly stand. Appreciate you as always uh, for a last minute call chatting WNBA draft and filling in for Rachel. Uh, Matt, remind the folks where they can follow your writing. Sure. You can follow me at winsider.com and on Twitter at Matt underscore Cohen WBB for women's basketball. And we'll be back next time.